Hi everyone, this is Timothy Grant from Our Personal Interests and tonight we're going to do an interview with Chris Badell from Greater Than Games, but this is me just letting you know that this is just part one of this interview and next week we will continue with part two, so uh, stay tuned for the rest of the episode. Enjoy. Welcome, everyone, to Our Personal Interests, where we talk about, well, whatever the hell we want. Welcome to Our Personal Interests. I'm Timothy Grant, and with me tonight are Dr. B. Go, go, Chrono Ranger! And Sir Ed. May the fourth be with you. Nice. And we have a very special guest tonight, who is the editor-in-chief of Greater Than Games, Christopher Baddell. That is me. It's good to be here. How you doing, Chris? Fantastic. And yourself? I am excellent, and I am very excited to speak with you. Well, good. Well, guess, guess what? We're already doing it. Awesome. <laughs> you guys are so good at that. I know, right? Chris, please, for all our listeners who don't know who you are, and that is a damn shame, uh, tell us about yourself, please. Sure. Um, I was born on a dark and stormy night in South America. Well, okay. Let's fast forward a bit. Um, I am the designer of the Sentinels, the multiverse line of games. I'm also the co-owner of a company called Greater Than Games. We make a bunch of different board games, card games, tabletop games. Uh, and uh, the thing that I am most uh, proud of in that whole thing is I am the storyteller behind the all of the Sentinel Comics games. That's that's my baby. So. And, nice. and I must say, your baby has grown quite well. Oh yeah, no, it's 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 a huge, terrifying baby now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Feed the baby. So, uh, I I gotta ask. I, I mean, we have a bunch of questions about Sentinels, but sure. What I one of the things I really want to know is Oblivion going to be the last box for Sentinels? Yes. Yep. Oblivion is the end of the Sentinels of the Multiverse card game, um, and it's that way because that's the way it has been intended. From the beginning, um, from the very beginning, when Adam and I were first coming up with all of the stuff that would be that would one day become Sentinels of the Multiverse, we had this whole storyline that we wanted to tell, and we we're like, okay, let's be real here. There's no way that we're ever going to make all these products. Like, no one wants all this stuff. But let's write everything as if we were doing all of it, so that then uh, that way it feels like that way this this core set and maybe the one or two or maybe three expansions that we actually are able to get to uh before the market dries up on us um all that stuff will feel like it has a bunch of history going backwards but also a bunch of future stuff going forward and that you don't you don't feel like you're playing something that's encapsulated but rather you're playing something that's expansive and so we had written this whole story this whole arc this whole experience from the beginning of all these different characters and all these different events and then we got to the end of it six years later, and uh, we we didn't expect it to be nearly as big as it, as it is, um, and it continues to grow, which is even more bizarre. 
Um, and the, one of the number one questions we get these days is, wait, so seriously, why are you ending it? You fools. Um, <laughs> and it's because we started it to end it. And a, a good story has a beginning, a middle and an end, not necessarily in that order. And I don't want to like become the TV show that has 13 seasons or whatever, you know, I, nice. I, I want to I want to end it while we're. Well, while I want to end it true to itself, and we we will still do other games using the Sentinel comic stories and to tell other stories with that. And we will even, as is actually currently on Kickstarter, um, there will be other games that happen using Sentinels the Multiverse mechanics. But the Sentinels the Multiverse card game, as 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 we know it, starts with the Sentinels the Multiverse core game that came out in 2011 and ends with Oblivion, and that is a, a complete arc that ends so and hmm. I, I, gotta, I mean i gotta ask this like how long did it take you to write all that stuff a grossly short amount of time so um <laughs> it is, I, I would say that, that 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 is true that is a true answer to your question um also a very long amount of time depending on where you want to consider we started the, the writing process so like i mentioned adam rebitaro who's the artist who does all of the art for the sentinels games um he and i have been friends now for Oh God, like 25 years. It's horrifying. Uh, we were friends when we were little kids and, um, we were always into comic books and superhero stories. And uh, I, I was always writing stories and he was always drawing them and they were awful. The stuff that we made when we were teenagers, just terrible. Um, but, <laughs> but we made them, you know, and that was, that was, that was our friendship was this like, let's make stuff together. And uh, the original game of Sentinels of the Multiverse came from that creative friendship that we had of, Hey, let's, I want to play a game that feels like this. I want to play a game that feels like a comic book in which everybody is a super cool, very powerful hero, but you're going up against a foe that's so overpowering and so terrifying that you have to work together and the synergies between you is really what, what makes you a team. Um, and the, 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 you should be playing the, the place that you're playing this, that are fighting this villain isn't just somewhere or nowhere. It's a cool environment that has an effect within the fight itself. Like that was the original document we've got a notebook that in august of 2010 we wrote out what we wanted this game to be and we hadn't really talked about it or thought about it before august of 2010 and by march of 2011 we were sending all the files to the printer to print um and when we when we sat down in august to say hey we want to make this game it wasn't and we want to make a company and we want to produce this game it was like hey we want to make this game just for adam and i and we did. We made it, and we um, by the by December of that year, the game was done. It, all the art was done, all the writing was done, the mechanics were done, and we um, made two copies of it, one for him and one for me, uh, just at FedEx. <laughs> and um, and then we played it just with ourselves. That was the that was the whole of it. That was the point of that game. Um, and one of the people we played it with is uh, my good friend Paul. Who's like, wow, this is really great. And we're like, oh, thanks. He's like, no, you should like sell this to someone. And we're like, no, we put a lot, we put our hearts and our souls into this. We don't want to sell it. Um, <laughs> and he's like, well, what if you made a company and sold it yourself? And I'm like, ah, I don't think I want to do that. That sounds dumb. Uh, this is like a lot of work. And Paul's like, no, no, I've started, I've started companies before. It's not that much work. Uh, and he was lying, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> nice. And so the three of us um, were the start of the company. So Adam and Paul and I were the in January, January 27th of 2011, we established Greater Than Games with the sole intent to make Sentinels the Multiverse um, and see what see what comes from there. Um, and it, it, so, yeah, so like we didn't start the game until August. And yet 
like the ability, the, the, the couple of decades of our friendship that had led up to that were what has allowed us to just do this seamless collaborative storytelling. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, bravo to you guys because, uh, the game itself is amazing. We, we have played it multiple, multiple times and we love every second of playing that game. But Thank you. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very glad that you shared your heart and soul with us because, uh, Sentinels is, is an amazing game in itself, but the world itself, like that you, you just get sunk into. Yeah. It, and when you first played it, I mean, for, for me, when I first played the game, I, I pick up the cards and I'm like, well, what's all this stuff on the bottom? Like this extra stuff on the bottom, <laughs> like is there like a comic book I don't know about? Yeah, man, that <laughs> oh, that breadcrumb trail. Yeah, <sighs> the breadcrumb trail really like sinks you into that world, and I really appreciate that as as me myself being a GM and uh, a storyteller, I really appreciate that. I, I just want to say thank you for that. Oh, my I, pleasure. That that was that was because it was important to us. Like everything in that game is all just you know what did Adam and Christopher want out of this, and one of it was like you know if we were playing this game about you know the justice league or about the x-men or something like that we would expect to see art from the comics and quotes from the comics that we would this this card isn't just like a some superhero attacks somebody with a signature move it's it's a specific instance in which a thing in a story happened and i, I want those stories to come across um in the game and i i had a lot of fun this is one of the most creative like I've, I've done a lot of writing things before and this is one of the most creative storytelling um jobs uh projects that i've ever done and that i'm i try to communicate the story arc of characters and of teams and of villains and of places um, all through flavor text and art and through through card mechanics too i do a lot of storytelling through the way a card feels when you play it um, that's why Tachyon has lots of little effects that she has. She plays tons of cards and they all do little things, but it adds up. And so that like, that's the speedster feel that I wanted for her and so on and so forth. So it, it's been a lot of fun. And the fact that people are into the story, like the fact that people like the game, great. Awesome. That's, uh, th that is, that's really fantastic. And I love that people enjoy the game. The fact that people are into the story is mind blowing for me because <laughs> uh, it's just it's the story that we wanted to tell and that people are into it is is so cool. We have a, a podcast ourselves uh, where we talk about characters from uh, Sentinel Comics and we talk about storylines from Sentinel Comics um, and we called it the letters page because it's like a letters page on the back of the comic book. Um, I, I loved it, man. Like that was like that's a perfect title for like. I can't believe like nobody else already had that. Right? Yeah. There was there was a there's a there was a, a Twitter account for, called the Letters Page in which someplace in the UK people write letters to each other and tweet about it there. And so we we're like, I think we're good. I think we're not gonna worry about the overlap there. But yeah, so we we did that podcast and we have thousands of listeners. And I'm like, why, why, what are they doing? What do all these people want? <laughs> it was it was the first time that we had such a because like we know what the sales of the game is and the sales of the game is very good but that's that's the game um having nobody listens i assume nobody listens to the letters page because they love the mechanics of the game so much um it's 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 just story uh <laughs> and the, the the people are into it like i said it's, it's just mind-boggling for me there's also something else like to to go back to what tim was saying about about the story um and the first time we played the first time that that I played with Tim, it was essentially 
this game is too hard. I can't play it by myself. I'm catching a beating. Why don't Why don't you play with me? Yeah. See, the, the funny story about that is, is that <laughs> I don't know if I read all the rules when I started playing it, and that it's supposed to be a cooperative <laughs> game. So I tried to play it by myself as a solo, and ended up playing with only three characters and died almost instantly. <laughs> but the thing is, is that like, and that's part of the story, though, and that like yeah. that's like that's part of the story of how like like the way you guys made the game. Part of the story is the need to work together and to to not be able to do it by yourself, and that theme comes across so strong when you're playing that game. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're super into co-op games, and um, as a, as a, as a game designer, a question I get a lot is, you know, Christopher, what what's your favorite game to play? And I used to not have a good answer to that because like I don't know, I like lots of different games. But anymore, my favorite game is running a company. Oh my god, it's such <laughs> a good nice. game. It is a worker placement, uh, high risk, medium reward, uh, push your luck. Uh, it's got all kinds of all kinds of elements, and you've got a really solid metric to know if you're winning or losing. Uh, but it's, I it's, think it's you- great. I think you just explained why I don't like running my own company. <laughs> I, I, I hate work placement games and that like, oh, but everything else sounds, sounds great. No, but that, that definitely says why. Oh, my gosh. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. And the, the other thing is like for us, it, it's, um, you know, there's people out there who are super into poker. Um, and most people that are very much into poker don't like playing poker for no stakes. They like playing poker for money. If there's not money, if there's not money on the table, if they're just playing poker and not, there's no stakes, um, it doesn't feel like a real game to them. I, um, I agree hundred percent with that. Right. And I didn't get that at all. I was like, I don't understand why until we were running a company and it's like, Oh, the, with the company, there's always stakes. And I get it now, but yeah. like it, it's, it's just a different experience. I, I mean, as a, as a therapist, I really appreciate the, the idea that you guys are are bringing in like more cooperative games, mm. because That's my that, favorite kind of game. There's just there's it, not enough great cooperative games out there. I I think I've yeah. played every cooperative game I can get my hands on, and it's I, I love them, um, but I want more. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree 100. percent When you mentioned the uh, the flavor text at the bottom of the cards and everything, all of that flavor text connects. It all um, like if you find out there's various issues that are like there's going to be various flavor text bits, there's the quotes at the bottom of the card um, that are from that are across different decks and even across different expansions that are from the same issue numbers. And if you can like line those up, you can figure out more of the story there. Um, and those all work, and I know they work because I <laughs> put a lot of time and effort into making those storylines. I've got spreadsheets of like. Hey, this character, this this nice. issue was this story. Actually, it was more like this arc. This arc of three to six issues is this story that's being told in which these characters are fighting these uh, enemies at these locations and doing these things. And here's the, here's like the arc that is being told in those stories, and here's how these characters change across them. Um, and that that is it's one of my favorite parts of the job, but it's also grueling because I know uh, that if I get anything wrong, people on the internet are gonna call me on it. So. Yeah. <laughs> And you're so, I mean, like, not for not the man, you're so detailed with it. Like, I I sent Tim a question earlier in the week, right? And I swore that the answer was going to be in Mr. Fix, like, that the card that I was looking for was going to be in Mr. Fixer's deck mm-hmm. because um it was about him. And I'm like, no, no, this card's definitely in here. I, I even imagine him in the scene for the card. But, he like, it's not even in his deck. It's, like, in Rook City. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
dude, like, like that's how like the the little bit of information you guys put on the bottom, that's how much it pulls you into the whole world. And I know you were, com- you, you know, you were making com- comparisons to like the big two earlier with like Marvel and DC. Right. And I mean, you're not allowed to say this because you know I'll say it for you. But holy cow, did they drop the ball on their card games? Like, like, hundred <laughs> percent. The um, in twenty eleven, uh, Gen Con of twenty eleven is when we released um, Sentinels of the Multiverse, and around Gen Con of twenty twelve is when uh, the DC Comics deck building game and Legendary both came out, mm-hmm. and a, a, a lot of people were like, "Oh no, Christopher, are you worried that there's these like big comic book card games coming out and they're gonna." you know, like stomp all over yours. And for, I was like, well, for one, they're a different kind of game. Those are both deck builders and mine isn't a deck builder. Um, for two, no, like I, I, I obviously like comic book card games. I made one, so I'm excited that there's these other ones out there. Um, but the thing that I did not expect that was amazing was because Sentinels had just had this kind of initial launch and meteoric rise, there was a bunch of reviews that came out that compared the DC comics deck building game to legendary. And, the majority of those reviews were like, well, we're here talking about these two games, and they're both fine, but really, they're not as good as this other game, this little yeah. indie game called Sentinels. And like, there's a lot of wow. high five in the office here around that. The, the best I, part about that story is that I've read some of those reviews. Yeah. I cannot get my friends to play Marvel Legendary because we own Sentinels as well. <laughs> you understand that I'm still relatively new to the tabletop RPG genre. Yes. But I would like to say, well, give Chris a personal thanks for making Sentinels because this was the first one that I played in that genre and it is my favorite by far. Oh, it, ru- it ruined you for the whole genre now because you're not going <laughs> to want to play the I, other games. I have expectations now that if they are not met, well, they will be held to pay. Good. Good. No, you should, you should have high expectations. Actually, that's a thing that I talk to a bunch of people in the industry because now that we've been around for a few years and published a bunch of games and um, there's... We actually just hired a, our, our 10th employee. We now have 10 full-time people working here in the Greater Than Games office, which is wow. astounding. As, as a result, I do, there's a lot of people that ask me questions about how the industry works and things like that. And I, I love this industry. I love that it's really, for the most part, a very cooperative industry in that me selling a game doesn't preclude somebody else selling a game. Um, we don't really, um, on a macro sense, we don't really compete internally. Um, when you go to the game store and you've got your $20 and you're going to buy one game that day, sure, what's on the shelf competes with each other. But overall, like if a gamer goes out and bu- buys a game and they like the game, they're going to go buy more games. Like very few gamers stop at one game or two games. They they want to get a lot of different games. Um, and so as a result, the thing that I work towards and the thing that I talk a lot within the industry um, to other designers and other publishers about is the only thing that we compete against as an industry is bad games Um, is is people publishing and then not even really bad games if it's bad that's one thing it's the mediocre games it's the "Eh, it's good enough game because you know if you go to the if you have never played a board game before and your friends like hey let's play this let's play this tabletop game together and uh, you do and you're just not into it then you assume oh tabletop games aren't for me which is the incorrect assumption. The correct yeah, assumption yeah. is that game let me down in some way. But at that point, I've lost you. The entire industry has lost you as a customer. So it's important to me that people are making the best games they can um, and that, that they're playtesting properly and that they're getting stuff out there. Uh, and, uh, I think that like game designers and game publishers have a responsibility to maintain a level of quality. 
And and not for nothing, um, I definitely respect you a lot for that. And and for the other people that we when we first went to Metatopia, mm. uh, that we got to meet and talk to, because like like I could vouch for that. You literally did that for us when I was sitting down and talking to you. You know, it's like I I, I asked about like games that I could probably use in therapy, and boom, you like immediately brought up like another company, their game. And and just the idea of like paying it forward to other people in the industry that like I, I appreciated seeing that in person, you know. It's good to hear you say it too. My pleasure. Now going going back to Metatopia because me and Brian have frequent Metatopia for the last few years, and we've sat in some of the uh, play tests for the RPG that mm-hmm. we're developing. Can you tell us a little more about the RPG? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, like like I said earlier, the world of Sentinel Comics. Just because the Sentinels, the multiverse game is ending, doesn't mean that uh, we're going to stop making games and telling stories in that comic book world. And so, as you mentioned, we have an RPG that we will be kickstarting later this year uh, called the Sentinel Comics Role Playing Game. Very creative name. Uh, and <laughs> we, we tossed around a lot of different names for it, a lot of like more flavorful names. We're like, you know, Sentinel Comics is a good name and not necessarily a household one. And at the same time. Like, if, you, if you've never heard of Sentinels the Multiverse or Sentinel Comics, and you hear the name Sentinel Comics role-playing game, that, that gives you a feeling for this seems like a superhero sort of thing. So we, that, that's what we're going with, because I think it's the, the strongest, strongest branding, for, really, for it. Anyway, it's a, uh, it's a very storytelling-based RPG where the players, um, it's, it's less with you, when you're building a character, for instance, or, or even using a pregen, it's less about um, min-maxing your stats and more about telling a story and using your abilities to um, describe an action that, that feels heroic and that feels super heroic even. Uh, the, as, as you guys have gotten to play with, every character has um, a set of powers that are their superpowers and a set of qualities that are like their innate abilities and skills. Um, and then a status that's based on how well, how well you're doing in the fight uh, or, or how dire the scene is at the time. Uh, and you roll one die from one of your powers, one die from one of your qualities, and one die from your status. Uh, you roll three dice whenever you do anything. You roll a pool of three dice, and you take the median um, of the middle rolling of those three dice to determine your action. And the nice thing about this is that it automatically creates story. Uh, I've had a lot of great experiences with people who are either new to RPGs or who have played RPGs but aren't super into telling the stories or describing their actions so much as like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna attack and do damage is like well no you've gotta you've gotta you've gotta build this pool of three dice and so you always have at least two keywords to talk about where instead of saying I you know I punch it you're like okay well I'm gonna use my my melee combat um, quality, and I'm going to use my super strength power. So now we're already talking about that's a different sort of punch than if you're using your kung fu master quality and your uh, your flaming fist power. Okay, that's that's a different kind of punch. Um, and so I, I like all the storytelling that innately comes out of people using descriptive words uh, for their powers and qualities. And um, it's a lot of fun. We've been developing it with uh, over the last few years, actually, with a, a kind of a super team. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, we're, we're into uh, cooperation and corroboration. Uh, the, nice. the people we're working with are Cam Banks, uh, Dave Chalker, and Philippe Maynard. Um, and more recently, Clark Valentine has come on board as one of our uh, one of our lead writers. And it's just the most delightful team of awesome people who have lots of knowledge about comic books and lots of knowledge about 
uh, RPGs, tons of RPG knowledge, and I've learned a lot from working with them. It's been great, and we're very excited to bring this game to your tables. Now, um, for the people who have been listening to like your podcast, you, you guys talk about um, that the the multiverse may be ending, but like through the games, there's like there's like two different timelines going. Right. Um, and if I'm correct, the the Sentinels RPG is like the lighter of the two timelines. It's the more positive of the two timelines. Uh, the two timelines are the Sentinel Comics RPG timeline and the Sentinel Tactics, which is another game of ours uh, timeline. And the Sentinel Tactics t- timeline is pretty dark. Uh, so comparatively, the Sentinel Comics RPG timeline is lighter. But that is not to say that it is uh, happy-go-lucky or you know uh, particularly uh, lightweight. It is be, just yeah, I mean, but in, in, it's pretty much the comparison between the two. It's like yes. you know, like a little bit more lives lost on the on the tactics side. Absolutely, yes, yeah. But but like, was that like a conscious choice? Like you guys were like, hey, you know, we don't we don't want to we want to leave enough room in the theme so they can go whichever direction they want with it. Like, did did you find that the the, the tactics timeline was too restraining? Uh, so, so we intentionally wanted the tactics timeline and the RPG timeline to be different, so that we could tell different stories there and have them just like not have to not have to line up with each other. But the tactics timeline, we needed uh, the, in, in tactics, you can play one v one, two v two, three v three, and you can have heroes versus heroes. And we wanted to have a situation that was a bit more contentious, a bit darker. Everyone's a little bit more on edge. People aren't sure who to trust, and that that leads it to that sort of competitive um, angle a bit more. Whereas with the RPG, um, also the other thing is the ta- tactics timeline takes place um, a good decade after the end of the uh, after the end of the Oblivion event, which is what ends the which is the branching point for those two. Um, and so there's been a lot more time for things to happen, and a lot of those things have gone wrong. Whereas the RPG picks up right after the end, it picks up like six months to a year after the end of the Oblivion event, which means that the world is pretty damaged by the Oblivion event, but it's in the process of rebuilding and teams are reforming. So sure, the the setting has a lot of destruction and it has a lot of darkness that is being beaten back, but the act of beating back that darkness is a, is a very positive, is a very, we can work together here. Uh, because in an RPG, I, did, I wanted to have an RPG that A, encapsulated that Silver Age feel that we love so much that we focused on with the uh, Sentinels, the multiverse card game. Um, And also I wanted to make sure that the players, you're you're heroes and you're working together. You're not working at cross purposes. You're not, you know, you backstabbing each other. You're all heroes working together on a team. Um, So that was kind of where that came from. I like the idea of um, being told that we're on the same team, guys. You know, some of my some of my friends need a little reminder of that. Whoa, what? <laughs> Dagger you know, shall not be thrown tonight. No daggers tonight. No daggers tonight. I am well aware of how that goes, and that was one of the things for us. We're like, we want this. Like, if there's if you want to play a, a game about intrigue and distress within the party, I don't feel like a Silver Age superhero um, RPG is is the is the primary place for that. Um, and so. That there's lots of great RPGs out there for that sort of gameplay, and this one is more about the the awesomeness of being a great team together. In your in your podcast, like you guys mentioned Silver Age a lot, but the the more I think about like your game, it's like there's some there's some stuff going on that you may not necessarily see in just a Silver Age, you know? Right. No, it's true. We so it's 
our Silver Age as opposed to mm. the Marvel and DC Silver Age in that we have combined the, the it's, it's really, we call it Silver Age, it's really the modern age. Um, it's got a Silver Age sort of window dressing to it. We, we like to talk, we actually, there's the, the first interlude that we posted um, for the Sentinel comics, uh, for, the, for the letters page, um, talked about this in that it is Silver Age stylings, sort of a Silver Age uh, weight but with modern comic sensibilities um, where we kind of combined the bronze and iron, a the bronze and iron age and modern age. Um, but then with the sil silver age feeling of we're all in this together. Um, uh, mm. And, but yeah, there's, there's, I mean, there's lots of stuff because there's, you know, the, as you mentioned earlier with Brook city and Mr. Fixer, that's all dark, gritty, urban, uh, urban sort of stuff, and then there's also like all the weird magic things that happen with Arjun Adept and Night Mist and Gloomweaver. So it, it's definitely there's a lot of different uh, feels to the things happening in Sentinel Comics, uh, and we're actually really excited that one of the things that we're publishing as part of the Sentinel Comics RPG Kickstarter is a book that is not necessarily a specifically RPG book, but it is a story of the of Sentinel Comics book. That is a, a book detailing the history of Sentinel Comics, both in world, both the, the the history of like these are the events that happened, but also zoomed out and um, a greater like this is the history of how the Sentinel Comics, how Sentinel Comics came to be. And it's a fictional accounting of. Oh, that's great. Of like, oh, this. This comic company was was created, and they started publishing these comics, and then these other writers came in, and they did these other things, and it's it's treating it it's treating it with the same sort of level of um of gravitas that we treat the stuff in the letters page. We're like, oh yeah, these comics have been being published for you know seventy plus years, um even though they haven't. So I love that. So I, I would say if you didn't have me sold on RPG already, you probably <laughs> would have sold me right there. Yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of books that we're going to be doing as part of that RPG Kickstarter. There's the core rulebook. There's some compendiums of characters and things, and uh, and then there's that history of Sentinel Comics book that we're very excited about. So, have you guys thought about doing any kind of like adventures or like play events? Yeah, so we've got we one of the things we want to do with the with the Kickstarter is have some stretch goals, which are additional adventures. Um, additionally, what I want to do, um, and this will be like a, probably like a year after the game comes out, I want to you know kickstart the game, make the game, get the game in people's hands, and then once the game is fully out and in in people's hands, I want to do an organized play thing nice. where. People can go to their game store or even just people can play at home with get the, get the packets of information and play through stories that that, that Adam and I tell, that I write and Adam does art for. And we create these stories and send them out to people. And then I want to collect data from the GMs of those uh, stories and just like a few questions about how certain things went and use those to to map the the story going forward so that the the community of people that are playing in the organized play events are actually affecting the story that they're playing through. So Yeah, that, that's a real important thing for me. Uh, if I'm going to invest my time in playing like an organized event, I want right. to feel like I'm helping out, like shaping this world. Yeah. And that's, yep. that's really cool. And the other thing I want to do with it is I want to put out, I, I, so these are, these are all my pie in the sky. Like we are, I am not committing to doing these things as a company or as a creator at this point. I'm saying I super want to, yeah. and it's highly likely that I will. But like if we put out, if you put out the RPG and it kind of flops, then probably not. Uh, you know, I, I'm not preparing for that eventuality, but it's not impossible. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
but the, the one of the things I want to do with that is um, put out these these packets of organized play stuff at least once a quarter. And the idea is that in between these sessions, you can do whatever you want to. You don't have to just have your organized play characters that are only used in organized play events. You make your characters, you play them with your home game, and then like once every couple months or so, or every few months, your GM might say, "Hey guys, we're we we just finished up one arc of dealing with this thing. Here's come here comes some of the organized play stuff, and we're gonna play through that, and then get back into our regular arc again after that." Um, because the way that essentially character advancement works in this game. Um, I can really tightly control that and not have to worry about people having overpowered characters or anything. So uh, it, it gives me a lot of flexibility there where I can say, yes, you, your your characters, if they were made using, if they were made using the, the Sentinel Comics RPG character creation, um, it doesn't matter how many millions of sessions you've run and how many like back issues your character has on their character sheets, you can use them in these in these games. Uh, wow. Wait, so you're really, let me, I want to make sure I'm hearing this right. You're saying like, I don't have to make this. I don't necessarily have to make a separate adventures character. I could probably play with the character. I've been playing with my group at, at home. Definitely. Oh, that sounds so good. Yeah. Because the, the thing is that the way that character advancement works in this game is that it's not just a superhero RPG. It is a comic book RPG um, by which whenever you play a session of the game, you record that session on your character sheet in the back issues section. Oh, my um, gosh. That's so good. And so you, cause you've got, you're like, oh, we just played that session. We're going to name it. We're going to give it a number, and we're going to put it in the back issue. Now, we all have that back issue, and you can call on your back issues for various things. Um, they're actually – they're not just a recording. They're also a mechanic. Um, and then when you have six back issues, you trade those six back issues in. You, co- you, you, co- you combine them, give it a, 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 a collected trade name, and you move it from your back issues section. You move those six issues into one collected trade on your your list of collected trades. And let's say you play twice a week, every week with your group. And so you're just knocking these out and getting tons of these. Great. I can put out a module, essentially, and say, hey, for this module – you have access to four of your collected trades. So that means that if your character has 600 collected trades, no worries, you can use four of them over the course of this session. And it also means that if you, if Brian, you've got your character, you've got your character that has 600 collected trades, but Tim wants to make a new character and he makes a brand new character that has zero collected trades, well, it doesn't matter. He has access to four of them and can mark them off as, he, as if he has four. So boom, you guys are balanced and leveled, regardless of the fact that one of you has played infinitely more than the other. Oh, that's so good. Oh, that is really cool. Like that was like we, we had the guys from um, Esper Genesis on uh, mm-hmm. recently, and we were talking to them, and they brought up the idea, you know, of um, of organized play, and and I was like, wow, that's really good because you know I'm I like for me I didn't like Tim's played a lot of more a lot more RPGs than I have, right? So my first organized play games was at um, Dreamation. Mm-hmm. So the idea of like, hey, I could go and I could play like an adventure game, or I could go and play a sci-fi, or I can go and play a, con- you know, but like, even, like we were up like the night before to like one in the morning, like creating our like adventure adventure games for D and D. But if we had like other characters at the ready from like the games we were playing with our friends, yeah, that like we just bring that with us to the con. I also want to use the organized play stuff to put out information about new characters that are canon to the world of Sentinel Comics. 
And so just like with Sentinels, the multiverse, I, can, I could put out, you know, here's a box of some new heroes and villains and environments and people are like, okay, great. These are part of the story. And it, with the RPG, it's a little trickier. So one of the things I want to do is be able to put out modules that are like, hey, as part of this module, here's a couple of hero character sheets for some brand new heroes. Feel free to read them over and be aware of them. And if you don't want to play them, that's fine. If you've got your own characters, that's great. But if, you know, if, if somebody was like, oh, I might make a new character for this. If you want, instead of making a new character, you can play one of the ones we sent, or you can make a new character, or you can use one of your old characters or whatever. They're just the, the, the but that way, like I can send out more content for people and also introduce characters that way and give people some shorthands if they're like, oh, I want to play in this organized play event, but I don't have a character ready. Boom, here's, a, here's three options. This is our personal interest. Thank you for listening. And, well, good night.